This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. I'm Molly. And I'm Matthew. And this is Spilled Milk. <laughs> I almost forgot what it's called. Let me try again. Uh, this is Milled Spelt, <laughs> the show where we uh, we mill a grain. We take that we take that bran and germ right off. Yeah, and then and we, we eat something, and you can't have and you any. can't have any. Okay, great. Today we're talking about blackberries. Yes, and uh, I, producer Abby added like like small passive aggressive text yeah, <laughs> to, this, to this agenda that says we did summer berries before. Abby, come on. Yeah, blackberries deserve their moment in the sun. They absolutely do. And when we're recording this, uh, we should let the listener know that we're we're recording this about a month ahead, actually a month to the day. Wow, yeah. So yeah, it's August 14th today and blackberries are truly having their moment in the sun. Right, and I texted Molly and said, do you have access to blackberries or should I get some at the store? And Molly said, I have access. Oh, I have access. I even picked some like off of my own property this morning. Wow. Uh, usually I pick them off of other people's property. I mean, you're uh, sort of allowed to do that, right? Well, yeah. I mean, it's an invasive. Right. Um, and well, we'll get to that. Well, and I feel like if it's skirting like a public road and not behind a fence, I feel that that it's fair game. What if it's skirting the issue? Uh, well, Is then that an expression? That, it's, it's Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Well, that let's not skirt the issue of talking about blackberries. That All right. didn't work. Shall we go well. down memory lane? No, let's it worked do. perfectly. <laughs> Great. Do you remember like picking or eating blackberries as a kid? Yeah, I for sure do. And like being like scared of getting snagged on them. Yes. But what I like when I thought about it, like most of my blackberry memory lane really is uh, that December when they were like one or two years old. December was a kid who was, who was afraid of almost nothing, but was afraid of their parents getting poked by a pokey plant. And oh. m- more more often like a holly bush than blackberries, but they would have been terrified, not of themselves getting poked, but like, you know, if I was walking too near the plant, they would be like, Dada, no! <laughs> 
That's it was so hilarious. Cute. And then we recently spent a weekend in Portland and stayed at a bed and breakfast and went in kind of like a the back entrance through the garden. And I got snagged on like two different pokey plants on the way into this into this B and B. And so I was finally able to, to say to December, you were right to warn me about this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It only took eighteen years. Perfect. Uh, right on time. Do you remember eating blackberries? As oh a yeah, kid? absolutely. Like pulling them right off the vines and yeah. putting it into your mouth. I think that to me is like still the best way to enjoy blackberries. Yes, I think. absolutely. There were not uh, invasive blackberries in Oklahoma, at least when right. I was growing up. So uh, they were not a big part of my childhood. In fact, what I remember is being on the West Coast, and I think this happened both in like Northern California and here in the Seattle area in Issaquah. Mm-hmm. I remember visiting family and picking blackberries. And I remember, I think, behind my Aunt Millicent and her husband Tom's house, uh, it was like kind of a wall of trees. And I seem to remember that like we could go back in the woods there, sort of, and there yes. were blackberries. For whatever reason, I also have this memory that a different uncle of mine, whose name was also Tom, wow, okay, made a really good blackberry pie and like was well known within the family for his blackberry pie. But yeah, I mean, these felt like anomalies to me as a kid, like the idea that you could just pick berries and pick berries and have enough to make a pie like that seemed crazy yeah berry picking is not something i did a lot as a kid but like the idea kind of loomed large i think that we would go to like a you pick farm or you would pick blackberries off somebody's invasive vine yeah we never even went to you pick farms when i was a kid i just i don't know what we would have done you pick wheat yeah probably wheat (laughs) um would you would oil. you have separated it from the or chaff? natural gas? Yeah, uh huh. You, um, you you frack. Oh, you you. <laughs> You that was frack. better than what I was going to say. Sorry. You frack. <laughs> no, no, I'm glad. But uh, I think that I was the kind of kid who was very scared of pokey bushes and branches. Okay. So I think that probably as a kid, I was not on those couple of occasions when I got to pick pick blackberries. I think I was probably a total wimp. Yeah, no, a blackberry bush can fuck you up. It can really mess you up. No, at at least a couple times a summer, I will get a little too cavalier with it and fully like stab myself with a thorn like that, like gets stuck in my finger and I have to kind of like paw at my own hand for a little while. No, you're you're known for your devil may care approach to life. I am. I am. Okay, but I want to say that ever since I moved to Seattle, I've never gotten over the thrill of finding blackberries growing literally everywhere. Nice. When I first moved here, maybe because I was living in an apartment complex, it it seemed like more of a novelty to like notice blackberries because I wasn't surrounded by like a lot of suburb type yards with overgrown blackberries. And so I remember feeling incredibly tempted like every time I would get on or off the highway because there were always in Seattle, there are like tons of blackberry bushes along like highway off ramps and on ramps and like, yes, like sort of the, you know, the walls of, uh, of highways, like the sloping sides. So many blackberries there. When I first moved here, I was like, what a shame that nobody is picking these. I mean, they're also probably like covered in exhaust yeah, particles. That is that is kind of I was thinking about yeah. that as you were describing like the yeah. off ramp blackberries. Like, do I really want to eat that? No, no, I never went and picked them. I just I felt tempted. Do you think when Khrushchev said we will bury you, 
he, he meant was, berries. He was talking about berries. like sending invasive blackberries. Yes. I yeah, think so too. Obviously. And I only know for know that Khrushchev said that because of the Sting song. <laughs> oh, that's right. Um, um, Russians. Russians. Yeah. Do the Russians love their children too? Yeah. Uh, they do. They do, <laughs> presumably. That's uh, what I just, okay, just like a hunch. Some of them, at least. Just a hunch. Anyway, wait, I'm not done with my memory. Okay, no, please. So when Brandon and I bought the house that I still live in, uh, there was, uh, right from the beginning, I noticed that there was a blackberry bush kind of diagonally across the street from our house, kind of at the entrance to this weird little, like, cove of houses called Fletcher's Village. Yes. Always tons of blackberries there. I always do a lot of picking there. And I remember when June was, one of the summers that June was napping, I remember getting into a habit of going out blackberry picking when June was napping. Oh, that's great. Because I I was like just going across the street and I didn't have to deal with a kid uh, while picking blackberries, which is a whole job in and of itself. Sure. I mean, can't um, you just kind of like take the kid and sort of like pin them to the bush? Yeah, you would. You would not believe how much blackberry brambles are resemble Velcro. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. Uh, hold on, I have a couple more things to say. Please, I have really fond memories of being on the Sunshine Coast of BC. Have you ever been to Seashelt? Up no. There? I went with my mom. Is, was, that, is that on the mainland side? Not it's the on big, the mainland okay. side. No, I haven't. Um, my mom was taking some sort of workshop near there. And Ash and I and June all like went with her and made the drive up there. And this was like August of 2017. And my spouse is averse to fruit, yes. as our listeners may know. There were tons of blackberry bushes near where we were staying, and I taught Ash how to find the perfect ripeness of a blackberry. Oh, I hope you're going to tell me. Uh, They still have never eaten one. Ash has still never eaten a blackberry, but Ash loves blackberry picking. Nice. And we didn't have anything to pick them into, so we found... It's like straight down the pants. I think... I I can't remember how this happened, but we had a couple of, like, egg cartons. Smart. And we picked them into, like... That egg happen. cartons. I think that I had like read <laughs> about some like craft project for kids, like in a car, or sure. something that involved like egg cartons. You were you were um, uh, acoustic, gonna... acoustically paneling your car, That's right. soundproofing <laughs> yeah. is the word I was looking for. Yeah, because I knew June was going to cry a lot on that long drive. <laughs> yeah, like I do not want to hear it. If there's something going on in the backseat, forget about it. Yeah, so I get such a thrill out of being able to pick blackberries, like while taking my dog for a walk. Can I eat one of these, please? Yes, eat it. Uh, so these, oh, these are, are beautiful. These are uh, some of these are from our yard and some are from Fletcher's Village. Mm. Are they good? I tried to really get like peak ripeness. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. OK. It the, feels like a crime to me to buy blackberries. Why would I buy these? I know what you mean. And yet I have. Yeah. Is it just because you you don't have access? Yeah. Or I'm kind of too lazy to seek out the wild boys. I think the thing is, I don't like blackberries that much that I would buy Mm -hmm. them. Now, I really love baking with them. But the fruits that I love to just eat, like raspberries or blueberries, I don't even want to bake with those. I just want to like buy them and eat them. Whereas blackberries, I want them for free. And then I want to bake with them. Yeah. Watzel uh, said, like, I... As I was putting together this agenda, I was like, and you don't really like blackberries, right? And she was like, yeah, like blueberries are, are probably my top. And then and then strawberries and then like raspberries and blackberries, both too seedy for oh, snacking. Oh, no, for I don't care about seeds. Yeah, I don't, I don't either. Screw them. I'll eat them. No, like I do notice with these, like the sweetness varies a lot. Big time. Um, Big and so time. like sometimes 
sometimes you get one that's quite tart mm-hmm. and not very sweet, and I don't mind that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you get one that's like I got a good sweet tart balance, which are the best. And sometimes you get ones that are kind of like just bad, <laughs> and mm. like you're I never going to totally avoid that. It's just like it's a metaphor for life. I think you can life. sort of tell from the um, the feel of them in your fingers, though. Mm-hmm. The berry should not be like mushy; like it Mm-mm. shouldn't threaten to fall apart. Each little thingy should feel really soft and full. And I think they taste a little bit wild. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think these are, for the most part... Oh, I think these are very, very good. Very good. Yeah. And I really do like snacking on blackberries if they're good if, and freshly picked. Oh. I'm a, I'm a blackberry snob. This one is sour. Yep. It happens. Mm. Oh, man. But when you get one that is perfectly ripe, it almost has like a wine quality to it. Yeah, it totally does. Mm-hmm. Man, these are good. Okay. Well picked. Thank you. Thank you. Um, do you want to do you want to talk about your blackberry tattoo at any point on mm. this episode? Yeah. So I have on, on the inside of my right forearm uh, the word blackberry tattooed three times: blackberry, 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 because it is the last line of a poem by Robert Hass called "Meditation at Lagunitas," and it's a poem that I first read when I was like sixteen. I don't even know what it meant to me then. Uh, it's like not a very easy poem. Mm-hmm. I still barely understand it. Barely it, it understand m- it. <sighs> Jesus. <laughs> but it like like a song. Uh, it makes me feel things. Yeah. And I decided a number of years ago. Uh, so my first tattoo is the phrase "good animal," which is uh, something that reminds me of a passage from Maggie Nelson's book, mm-hmm. "The Argonauts." And then my second tattoo, which is like in the same part of my arm but on the other arm, is this blackberry, blackberry, blackberry one. If you were gonna get knuckle tattoos, yeah, what would you get? Okay, you got like four. Like good, good, evil is the classic one. Oh, really? Yeah, I think so. Uh, um, uh, okay, I got a couple. I got just making this up on the fly. Dude, what? <laughs> that's that's one idea. So it's got to okay. be two two four letter words. Uh, yeah, no, they they some vary. of these are so sour. It's a natural product, and it may vary. Mm. Mm. I don't know what I would get, Matthew. It's too oh, hard. Wait, wait, I got another one. Uh, so whenever you send me a picture of a baby or a dog, which mm-hmm. you do frequently, mm-hmm. and and I encourage you to continue. Oh, hey, buddy. I always reply, hey, buddy, so I could, hey, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> like so would you just you send think? me like like picture? How do you take pictures of your own? That is a knuckles. really good question. I guess you'd have to set up the, you know, the, the Nikon with the timer. The, the selfie cam. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, should we talk more about blackberry botany, or should we talk at all about blackberry botany? We haven't yet. I think we should. I think, okay. I think we should invite Mr. Botany into the fold. Okay. And Mr. Botany is here to tell you that blackberry botany is way complicated. More so than like raspberry or strawberry or botany? More so than strawberry, I think, but equally so to raspberry because there's no, there's no botanical definition of what is a raspberry and what is a blackberry. There's, there's enormous overlap because they're the same genus. So like black cap raspberries. Exactly. <sighs> Whoa, mind blowing. Black is that cap like chickadees? So yeah. like the center of the Venn diagram is the black Maybe. cap ras- black cap raspberry. Okay, so I'm going to tell you what I learned, which is which okay. is probably just going to raise more questions than it answers. Okay. Okay, so there are at least eight species of blackberries, all in the genus Rubus, uh, which is also the genus of raspberries. They're in the rose family, along with apples, pears, stone fruits, and other 
things we've talked about. Mm -hmm. This is from Wikipedia, quote, the taxonomy of blackberries has historically been confused because of hybridization and apomixis so that species have often been grouped together and called species aggregates. Oh, my God. So apomixis is uh, is like uh, natural asexual reproduction in plants. Okay. I don't understand why that would confuse the, the taxonomy. Huh. I, I mean, maybe we just don't need to be that specific. Okay. I mean, what up taxonomy? Like, yeah, it so seems like you get close enough. Yeah, so a species aggregate, that's when you have a group of closely related species and no one can really agree where the species boundaries are. Okay. So, so yeah, so there's, there's blackberries, there's raspberries. Okay. Blackberries are... The ones where you pick it and the and the middle part, the torus, comes off the plant. And raspberries are the ones where you pick them yeah. and the torus stays behind on the plant. That is the definition. Wait, how is that spelled? Tor- tor- oh, T-O-R-U-S. Ah, okay. And what is that thing? Oh, it's some like like grody, grotilated little little nub. <laughs> That's yeah. Even the botanists think it's gross. <laughs> but I'll still eat it. Yeah, no, I honestly don't know what it is. Yeah, like raspberries leave behind the Taurus. Yes. Blackberries bring it with them. Yeah. Okay, great. Perfect. It comes along like a Taurus. Okay, okay. So I'm going to read a bunch of this Wikipedia article on blackberries because I think it's pretty fun and I think listeners will agree. Okay. So this is is about uh, blackberry anatomy. So this is the the plant. The plant. Yes. Here we go. Wow. Quote, in its first year, a new stem, the primocane, grows vigorously to its full length of three to six meters. Jesus. In some cases, up to nine meters, 30 feet. I've seen these things going. I didn't know they had a name. Arching or trailing along the ground and bearing large palmately compound leaves with five or seven leaflets. It does not produce any flowers. In its second year, the the cane becomes a floricane and the stem does not grow longer, but the lateral buds break to produce flowering laterals, which have smaller leaves with three or five leaflets. First and second year shoots usually have numerous short curved, very sharp prickles that are often mistaken, erroneously oh. called thorns. Oh, okay. They're prickles, not thorns. I have noticed this. So it says these prickles can tear through denim with ease yes. and make the plant very difficult to navigate around. So I have a lot of these primocanes mm-hmm. growing in my yard. Like I see them creeping their way across from like the crazy part of the yard that I will never tame <laughs> to the part that I'm actively enjoying gardening. And I've wondered why they are so brutally painful to handle even with gardening gloves on like rubber lined gloves they go through the the rubber yeah they it's crazy i mean they especially have it in for pants obviously but they'll they'll like rip your gloves clean off too (laughs) um yeah it makes the plant very difficult to navigate around now what is the difference between prickles and thorns botanically speaking no idea so, uh, yeah, it seems to me that prickle shouldn't be an actual, like, word. It seems to me that it's kind of a cute word. It like, is a cute word. Like, prickly. Um, doesn't doesn't Primocane sound like a like a Marvel villain or a Transformers villain it or does. something? It does. I was wondering when we were going to get to the hurricane. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You mean the one the one who was, who was like, falsely convicted? Uh, <laughs> no, is that part of the Marvel, Marvel universe? <laughs> no, it's from the, that's uh, from the movie The Hurricane. Oh, Okay. Sad true story. Okay. Blackberries are an aggregate fruit. Remember how we said recently that cherries are droops? Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, each individual blackberry blob is a droop or droplet. Okay. So it's like a little, f- it's like a little fruit with a seed in that little 
yeah. that little blob. And all the blobs cluster together on a torus. Yeah, so it's an infructescence, I would say. Okay, a pineapple is also an infructescence. Yeah, it's when a bunch of fruits, like, smoosh together. Okay, okay, all right. <laughs> I mean, if you just take a bunch of fruits and smoosh them together like you're making a <laughs> trifle, that's not an infructescence. <laughs> okay, okay. Oh, I just thought of something that I haven't made in ages I'm going to write down here um, that involves... Do you want to share it with the class? No. No? <laughs> no. I'll mention it when we get there. Oh, okay, great. But it involves smashing berries together. Okay. Okay, So ready. you may be wondering, what about other berries that you have suspected may also be blackberries? Well, you're right. They are. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Do you mean tayberries? Tayberries, absolutely, yes. Uh, I think. What, what about? Oh man, I did are, read about tayberries. I can't remember. Tayberries may be different. Well, tayberries look kind of like blackberries, but they have, Do they have more, like fewer fewer lobes. I think they maybe have fewer droplets, and they're also like a brighter red wine color. Not I think tayberries like may not be blackberries, but can be crossed with blackberries. Oh, Matthew, uh, I can't believe you didn't figure this out. But I have so many, so much information about things that are blackberries. How okay. how could I spend my time on things that may or may not be blackberries. Okay, fine. So Marion berries, I see you're about to mention here. I don't understand why I don't encounter more Marion berries. Oh, you do. I do? Okay. So Marion berries were developed in Marion County, Oregon and released in 1956, and they were developed by the USDA and Oregon State University, which those two do all the big blackberry research. Okay. All right. So Marion berries are by far the most popular cultivated blackberry counting for 90% of planting. So, so if you see commercially grown blackberries for sale, those, those are, are Marion berries almost certainly. Oh, this is so, okay, this is so interesting. Right? Okay. So okay. Uh, according to Wikipedia, the Marion berry plant is a vigorously growing trailing vine with some canes up to 20 feet long. The vines have many large spines and the fruiting laterals are long and strong producing many berries. <laughs> Sounds pretty Ow! hot, right? Bow, chicka, bow, wow. Yeah. Long, Long and, and strong. strong. Producing many berries. Mm-hmm. Okay. What about, um, uh, well, so are there other things like this that are basically a blackberry, but we call them something else? Oh, yeah. Boysenberries. I don't think I've ever actually eaten one. I think I've, de- yeah, I've definitely had a boysenberry. It was like, it was like an Oregon thing when I was growing up. Okay. And it's a cross between a blackberry, raspberry, dewberry, and loganberry. You may be asking, what's a dewberry? What's a loganberry? I don't remember what a dewberry is, but a loganberry is a blackberry raspberry cross. So then they cross that with another blackberry and some other stuff. This reminds me of like labradoodle breeding. It's exactly, it's exactly <laughs> like that. Yeah. And then every year they have the, uh, what do they call it? The, the, the Westminster Blackberry Show. Thank you. I could not remember what the fancy dog show was yeah. called. Mm-hmm. Okay. Have you had a loganberry? I don't know if I've ever had a Loganberry. I think I've had Loganberries. As I recall, they are longer. Like that sounds. Do you know right. what I mean? Like the 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 infructescence is like a longer conical thing. Either that or tayberries are like right. That. I can't and the Loganberries, instead of seeds, they have an adamantium skeleton. Is that right? This is a Wolverine joke. Oh, okay. Thanks. I love it when you explain jokes. <laughs> and that's to me. and that's everything I know about Wolverine. <laughs> okay, hold on. You have another one here, the Olalaberry. Uh, Olalaberries. Okay. So this is a marketing term for a cultivar of blackberries also developed at OSU and it's one of the parents of the Marion berry. Really? Yeah. 
Okay. So they crossed some so, other blackberry with an O'Lally berry and got the Marion berry. Wow. Okay, this is really interesting. And so we need to differentiate all of these from the kind of blackberries that you and I are eating right now. And which what are, are these? Oh, these are Himalayan blackberries, That's which right. which are considered a noxious weed in the in the Northwest that will that will take over your yard. One hundred percent will. <laughs> but also produces a tasty fruit. Yeah, yeah. But these, I find, the blackberries range in size from like quite small, like the size of like my thumbnail, which is not very big, to maybe the size of like Matthew's thumb nail. Mm, okay. Maybe. Yeah, if it was the size of my whole thumb, that'd be a pretty be big crazy. berry. So like, I got a big thumb. Like Marion berries, okay, I've always wondered about this, why when you buy blackberries or see them for sale, they seem to be much larger than what I encounter when I'm picking. Right. And I guess yeah. maybe it's because those are Marion berries. I think so, yeah. Because, yeah, the ones that I'm picking, even when they are like really big and plump and amazing, they're still... Like, no larger than the last joint of my thumb. Yeah, that, like, it, it makes sense that, like, the commercial varieties would be bred to be, like, big juicies, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm fascinated. Okay, so, Matthew, you have been reading a blog called The Homesteading Hippie. Well, I found a blog called The Homesteading Hippie, and they had a blog post about blackberries that I really enjoyed, so I'm going to quote from it several times. Okay. Okay, and we'll link to it and link to the blog post. So is this about growing blackberries? Yes. Okay. Quote, not all blackberries are the same. Pick the wrong one, and you'll scramble for years trying to figure out what's wrong. <laughs> <That sounds laughs> I love this because it sounds like... They're going to hold I your just, whole family hostage well, or something. I just, I just imagine you, like, turning entire rooms of your house upside down, trying mm -hmm. to figure out what's, what's wrong. Like, where did my life go off the track? Could it have anything to do with the fact that I planted the wrong variety of blackberry? So, I guess. If you planted blackberry and the next thing you know, your entire property is covered in blackberry, you've definitely planted the wrong one. Sure, but, like, that's that's kind of the most obvious presentation right. of the problem. Like, what if you lose your job? Oh. <laughs> could it be could it be the fault of the blackberries? Yeah. Yeah. It could. I mean, if you thought you were getting Marionberries and you planted Loganberries. That's right. Oh, what a like loser. Like you're not you're not gonna make partner at the firm. Oh God. Wait till they find out. Yeah. And I'm Mr. Botany's. So that's that's science. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, still quoting from the homesteading hippie. There are basically three main blackberry varieties or groups. Thorny erect blackberries, thornless <laughs> erect blackberries, and thornless trailing blackberries. Wow. Mm -hmm. I think I've only encountered the thorny erect ones. Yeah, I think I think that I assume that's what the Himalayan blackberries they are. They are long yeah. and strong. One variety recommended by the homesteading hippie is black satin. Quote, they grow in a semi-erect fashion and are resistant to a disease known as anthracnose. Wow. And they're single and ready to mingle. Oh, yeah. I always, I, we should. I've never Matthew, come down with anthracnose. Only, only procreate with people who are resistant to anthracnose. Yeah. Well, I mean, but should you like discriminate against people who, who through no fault of their own have suffered anthracnose? <laughs> 
<laughs> I guess not. I think I, even I take Wolverine got anthracnose okay, once. I take it back. I take it back. I, I didn't mean to be so ableist. Yeah, and I I didn't mean to, to fail to yes hand your joke. Okay. So, Matthew, do you like to just eat these things out of hand? Yeah, like, and I will get them at the farmer's market sometimes. Those are probably Marion Berries. I like it when you bring them over. Like, I, I think I've done it once before. Yes, so far, so far, so good. And I do like when you get a bad one, yikes, like that's a bad that's a bad feeling. And and define bad one like uh, like underripe or overripe or both. When they have like kind of like a wild planty flavor. Mm. And I don't I think I think probably more likely underripe. Yeah. But it's it's just if they've got like. A funk. They have to be way overripe, yeah. I think, for them to not be good. Because even if you go to pick them and they kind of fall apart in your fingers, you can still like lick your fingers and, and it's perfectly tasty. Absolutely. But yeah, an underripe one, no, no. 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 Yeah, and like it's it's cool when you're looking at the bush and like some of them are like sort of sort of pale green and, totally. and some are, are reddish and then and then like uh the, the full dark ripe ones like you can see like the whole progression yes well and I think part of what's fun for me about blackberries is that the growing period of them is quite like it's quite a wide window right so if your blackberry bush is like just starting to to ripen you'll be able to pick like you know a handful or so off of it but then like over the next three weeks you'll be able to just continue harvesting like this rolling right. harvest right and that's really satisfying. Love a rolling harvest. I love a rolling love a, harvest. A, it's like a roll in the hay. I mean, I guess all things that you grow are like that, uh, except, I don't know, like lettuces and things where you kind of just cut down the whole plant. Okay. Radish. Ever had a roll in the hay? I have had a roll in the hay. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I have. Uh, okay. What about cooking with blackberries? So I don't think I have ever personally cooked with blackberries. Oh, we have some blackberry, homemade blackberry jam in the fridge oh. also. Huh. Where'd that, that was, come from? It was made by one of Lori's relatives and given to us. It's good. I think it's Marion Berry. Okay. I love to cook with blackberries. Tell fact, me about I, it. I don't love eating them out of hand. Like when I'm, when I'm picking, it's always nice to eat like a nice sun warmed blackberry. Mm -hmm. But I don't think I've ever eaten even as many as you and I have eaten sitting here right now, usually. Okay. Anyway. But, uh, so what do you like to do with them? Okay. So. Uh, I have some ideas. So I remember when I was a kid, my mom made this thing once called summer berry pudding. Have you had this? I have had it. Yeah. So you basically, and she she made this with like multiple different types of berries, mixed berries, let's say. Um, Bumbleberry. I think that she like cooked them with sugar maybe mm -hmm. or cooked them lightly. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm messing this up, but somehow they got really juicy. And I then. Think you, I think you sort of like, like, like macerate, macerate them. them. I don't think they're cooked for a summer berry pudding, but I'm not positive. Well, then you take like a bowl or other vessel and line it with uh, like white bread that you've, yes. cut, that you've cut the crusts off. Yeah, one of. of the things I like about this recipe is that if you've never made it before, you'll look at it and be like, what? And it, it's <laughs> at the incredible. Recipe. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, you basically cut bread so that it perfectly lines the inside of, let's say, a, a bowl. Mm-hmm. Then you spoon in a bunch of these berries and their juices, a layer, another layer of the white bread, spoon in berries and juices and so on. And then you uh, you seal it up nice and tight. Oh, I should say that that before you line the bowl with white bread, you've lined the bowl with uh, plastic wrap. Yes. Once you've made all these like layers and layers, you're going to have this thing that looks like this weird splotchy 
bowl of bread. With sort of like, like a fruit haggis. It's going to look real weird. But you put it in the fridge overnight. I can't remember whether you put a weight on it or not. I don't think you do. Okay. You know, sealed up in the plastic wrap. And all those berry juices permeate the white bread. And the texture of it, I mean, what I've always used is like a Pepperidge Farm white bread. Yeah, when you when you first put it together, like the exterior is still whitish, yeah. and then the, the, the juice seeps in and it becomes like purple. It becomes uniformly purple, and, uh, and the bread itself maintains its like structural integrity, but the texture of it becomes like bread pudding texture. And we should say, if we didn't already, this is an English thing. This is an English thing. And you would serve it with, I think, uh, would be best served with either like a drizzle of just cold cream or with whipped cream. And you cut it, basically, you, you can upend it onto mm-hmm. a platter and cut it into wedges. And it looks like a. Could you cut it into slices and toast purple it? purple dome. I- no. Okay. Anyway, summer berry pudding. I hadn't thought of that in ages. Yeah, I certainly haven't had it recently. Okay. My main thing, though, that I do with blackberries is I make blackberry cobbler. I have made the same recipe for years. It's on Ye Old Orangette blog. Okay. Uh, we'll link to it in the show notes. But yeah, I think I put this recipe up in, in August of 2010. It is adapted from the book Chez Panisse Desserts by Lindsay Cher, who was Chez Panisse's first pastry chef. Yeah. You basically make like a a cream biscuit. So, you know, you've just got blackberries, sugar, maybe like a tablespoon of flour. Put that in your baking dish. And then you make like a cream biscuit and you just pat it into kind of, you know, discs or kind of thick lumps and tile the top of the cobbler. So good. And I love that with just a pour of cold cream. Yeah, I'm trying to remember if uh, if we've had a blackberry pie as part of our pie club. I think we have, and that's that is one of my favorite fruit pies. That is straight up my favorite pie. Yeah, I've been realizing, especially this year, like you know, we're members of this pie club. I'm very I'm very smug about it. We get a pie once a month, and. I do not look forward to the summer pie season. No, like, yeah, I, I, I again, fruit as I said recently, or? like I'm not, I'm not as much of, of a uh, fruit phobe as your spouse, but I'm not a big fruit fan either. Okay, and so I want the cream pies, the chess pies, like okay. uh, the winter pies, and uh, so the summer pies, I'll eat them, but like I don't really look forward to them in the same way. I want the key lime pies, but. If it's a blackberry pie, that's probably going to be my favorite of the summer pies. Okay. Yeah, no, I feel the same way. I don't love pie. Love a blackberry pie. Okay. Okay. How about a slump? We made a slump for an episode. Was it blueberry? Was it blueberry or did we, was it a slump episode? It might have been a slump episode. I have no I, idea. Maybe, maybe we did an episode where we went through all of the the like funny like named brown fruit Betty. desserts. The brown Bettys, the boy bait, the, the slump, <laughs> the, the grunt. The grunt. That's right, the grunt. Yes. Uh, well, anyway, slump is Remember delicious. Remember when Wolverine fought the grunt? I think that we could probably link to whatever slump recipe we, we linked to back then because yeah. it was really good. Yeah, and you could absolutely make it with blackberries. I don't really make tarts these days. I don't really want just like a raw blackberry sitting on top of a custard tart. Uh, that no. does not get me going. I like looking at that kind of tart, but I don't really want to eat, eat them, no. generally speaking. But um, I like like a like a crostata or a rustic fruit tart with blackberries. I would oh enjoy yeah. very much. Yeah, totally. Okay, the the last thing I want to say about cooking with blackberries is so you know as you know Matthew, I love making jam, 
I've only made blackberry jam once. I need to give it another try. But basically, it was it was when Brandon and I were still living in that duplex on Eighth Avenue. Yep, I remember it. And I think I just had enough blackberries for like a half batch of jam. Okay. And as anyone who makes jam can tell you, same thing with candy. Really, you can't like scale up or scale down the recipes without incurring some real danger. Wrath. Did you incur wrath, some wrath? The wrath of the gods. Mm-hmm. I think that I used, so my like baseline fruit formula for jam is a kilo of fruit to a half kilo of sugar. Okay. And then the juice of half to one lemon, sometimes a pinch of salt, whatever. I think I had, instead of having 2.2 pounds of blackberries, I had one pound. Well, oh boy, here we go. doesn't actually like go very far when it comes to making jam. And blackberry has a lot of pectin in it, I think. Okay. Because basically, before we knew it, like instantly, we had made like liquid fruit leather. Like it was. Oh, I see. Because like the water cooked out faster proportionally. Correct. Right. Okay. Yeah. Because we had less, less fruit. Yeah. Uh, So the water cooked out really fast, and we wound up with this crazy, seedy, gummy mess. It was awful. Wow. I'm curious to know whether the blackberry jam you have has seeds or no seeds, because when I make raspberry jam, I'm fine with leaving the seeds in there. For some reason, I do feel like blackberry jam. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about having all the seeds in there. I wonder if I would want to remove like 50% of the seeds. Let's look. Oh, this looks seedless. I think it's seedless. It's good. Oh, that look that looks really good. Do you want to taste it? Um, no thanks. Okay, I can. That looks I can really toast good. Toast. Wow, well done, family member of Lori, whoever made that jam. Man, this makes me want to like figure out how to properly make like a good blackberry jam. What's a good acronym for uh, family family member of one of the show? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, anything else, Matthew, about blackberries? Nah. I mean, I think that we should definitely say that, uh, yes, everybody, we know that when you pick and eat wild blackberries, you are definitely eating a lot of tiny worms. Oh, I didn't know that until now. Oh, you, glad. Didn't, you didn't know that till now? Oh, yeah. We, we've eaten a bunch. I've eaten like so many. Like how many? Like a lot. Okay. Like tiny little microscopic little wormies. Uh, I don't care about micro worms. Yeah. Anyway, they won't hurt you. They're just, they're there and whatever. Who cares? Just little squiggly friends. They're just little squiggly friends. That you have. That's right. And now you have more friends. That's great. Yeah. I, yeah, I always want more friends, internal and external. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyway, uh, are you dying now that I told you you just ate some micro worms? I'm actually not skewed out by that. I'm just like t- pretending to be for the bit. Oh, okay, cool. All right. Uh, Matthew, I think we have some spilled mail today. We do. This is from listener Kara who writes. My parents recently moved from the house they lived in since 1987. Prior to their move, my siblings, former babysitter, and I decided it was time to dig up the time capsule yes. we had buried in their backyard approximately 30 years ago. Yeah, I think I think we mentioned time capsules on probably several recent episodes, which is why listener Kara wrote in about this. Hold on. Wait a minute. I love that listener Kara is still in contact with her former babysitter. That is a good point. I didn't even notice that. Because she says our our former babysitter even had the map to help guide us to the capsule. 
Wow. Okay. Yeah, we should. I want to hear more about this. Yeah. Okay. On the planned day of the excavation, I get on a FaceTime video with my brother, who lives near my parents' old house while I'm across the country, who follows the instructions below to a T, and lo and behold, no time capsule. We then immediately start troubleshooting. We consulted a friend who works for the Forestry Service, <laughs> got wow. our hands on a metal detector, and still no capsule. In the end, my parents moved, and we are just left with this story of unknown buried history. So my question to you is, if you were building a time <gasps> capsule with your families, what would it include? Thanks what? for continuing to share funny and educational content with the world. I really enjoyed the recent Champagne <gasps> and Prosecco episodes. Listener Kara. Oh, my God. Wow. Uh, this is not how I thought the story was going to end. Yeah, no, it was It was kind of a letdown. But well, you got to, I mean, the it, truth is the imagine truth. Imagine what a letdown it was for our dear listener I here. Know. Wow. Like, yeah, they roped in their their former babysitter <sighs> and everything. This is upsetting. What the heck happened? Do you think somebody stole their time capsule? I mean, I think they should have, like, gone the next step and hired, like, professional excavators like to dig up. Yeah, backhoe, or... I was yeah, thinking, too. Okay. Yeah. To dig up the whole yard. And also, like, first of all, she included a screenshot of the of the map um, mm-hmm. or a photo of the map. I don't know if I have permission to share that with listeners, but uh, it was a it was like a treasure map drawn by God, kids that's so cool and like she didn't mention what was in the time capsule but i probably she didn't remember hmm. which is good because you don't want to like if you remember exactly what's in the time capsule yeah i mean what if they put like a hundred dollar bill in there like you don't want to remember that if you can't find that's it that's true that you would be really would, like, frustrating yeah uh okay matthew let's let's spitball this what would you put in your time capsule like hold on like right now like mm-hmm. okay right now all i can think of is like food things that would that would get stale <laughs> Okay, I think that I would put in like a like a stuffed animal. I was just thinking. So uh, June is super into Taylor Swift right now. Okay, like super into Taylor Swift, and I was feeling like if we were doing a time capsule like of this time, yeah, we would definitely have to put in like uh, some something that is linked to June's love for Taylor Swift, like a little Taylor Swift like lapel pin yeah. or. Um, let's see. What about me? I think I'd put pictures in there. Yeah. But that's dumb. Yeah, it is. What about like okay, so so there's a there's a cart there's a web cartoon um that uh my family's a big uh, big fans of. So I'm just gonna like like retell someone else's joke here called Homestar Runner that probably some of our listeners are familiar with. And there's a time capsule episode of that cartoon in which uh, the protagonist, Strong Bad, says that what he would put in a time capsule is like a dry ice, uh, some dry ice, so that when you open it, it would go like whoosh, and like and, and yeah. uh, uh, steam yeah. uh, fog would, would come out, yeah. which seems like the best answer to me. Mm-hmm. I feel like time capsules... To me, time capsules seem a lot less cool than they used to, in part because we don't have like mixtapes or CDs anymore. Right. Yeah, it's like they would uh, be like, full of like uh, or, like uh, you know, newspaper clippings right. and like a, like, or like a, a Depeche Polaroid Mode cassette. Or, and, yeah. yeah. So now that we've like digitized everything, I feel like uh, my time capsule is it's like, like your, a your thumb Twitter drive posts, or something. Your, your tweets from from twenty twenty three. Yeah. I think I would write a letter maybe to my future self. That's good. What would you say? <laughs> keep it. Keep doing what you're doing. You always looked better than you thought you did. That's nice. Right? Yeah. Uh, isn't that always true, though? Sure. Looking back at, I mean, not always, but, <laughs> but sometimes. Uh, or like, remember when your hair used to be red, Molly? Mm-hmm. You know? Oh, you're, you're doing your best. 
Yeah, keep going. Keep it rolling. <laughs> um, What's up? I don't know. This no, is I think hard. The, I think the letter is a good idea. Oh, you know what I put in? What like one of my favorite pocket pens. That's a good idea. Which uh, like I'm down to my last one, and they discontinued my favorite kind. Mm-hmm. So I'd probably throw that in there. Okay, just the dead one, the one that's like. Well, it's it's still it's still it's in my pocket. It still writes now, and oh, okay. I, I might even be able to refill it. I'm okay. not sure. Cool. Wow. I'm sure. I'm sure the ballpoint ink would be pretty dried up. Thirty yeah. years. Thirty years. Is that what we're going for? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, I want a time capsule that's like that's going to be buried for a thousand years and is all about me and how cool <laughs> I was so that people a thousand years from now will know I was cool. Do you think that if you, I don't know, if you like commissioned an oil painting of yourself smart. and this maybe really like smart. had somebody make like, like carve a little we, statue of you and you buried this in like a very large time capsule, like let's say like the size of like a heating oil tank. Yeah. Right. Okay. okay. You can use my heating oil tank someday if we if we get a more uh economical and environmentally okay. sound heating method for our house what if i just use like one of those propane tanks that they sell down at the safeway oh god <laughs> i don't know if you can fit your oil painting in there i could roll it up like oh, okay. I, I, you know what i've always wanted to do you know how like in every heist movie someone like takes an exacto knife and cuts the painting off of the of the frame yeah. and like rolls it up yeah that looks so fun yeah and like the more the fancier the painting the more satisfying it is so i'm gonna get who's the best oil painter right working right now like i can think of some old ones but like who's the current one um like i would if, if van gogh were still doing it i would get van gogh but like we need like the van gogh of 2023 i think that you should probably banksy <laughs> i was gonna say you could you could go with like kahinde wiley Yes. Yeah. Oh, good call. Yeah. It could be like, you know, uh, you lying amongst some flowers. Yep. What about, speaking of flowers, what about a Jeff Koons? Like, Perfect. Like a big, like, flowery sculpture of yeah, me? Like Matthew as a balloon animal? <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure how we would get that into the time capsule. Uh, okay. New, new new project. <laughs> Instead, Forget the time capsule. Scratch the time capsule. We're just getting a big-ass Jeff Koons sculpture of me. Okay. But you as a balloon animal. As Let's balloon, be clear. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Okay. All right. Uh, Matthew, what you snacking? Okay. Uh, I'm going to bring over the thing I'm snacking. Okay. Hey, what you snacking? You gotta tell me what you're snacking, or I'll release the kraken. So what you're snacking? What you snacking? You are so game about buying like uh, novelty flavors of chips. Yeah, that's that's the thing that people will remember about me in a thousand years. <laughs> um, so this is this is a new Doritos flavor from the Doritos Solid Black Initiative, which. I'm sure is in some just at some level like uh, like you know the racial equity equivalent of like greenwashing in that it's uh, Frito Lay's uh, initiative to support Black creators, but I'll take it. So uh, Solid Black is an ongoing initiative from Doritos to provide resources and a platform for Black change makers who use innovation and boldness to drive culture and give back to their communities. Okay. And but I got it because it's pineapple jalapeno flavor. This and is it was, really good. It was crazy. Created by Chris Williams of Lucille's Restaurant in Houston, mm-hmm. and uh, I think it's real tasty. They are really yeah. spicy, mm-hmm. in like a real jalapeno way. And the pineapple—it has a bit of that kind of um, you know citrus powder flavor that you mm-hmm. get in like a like chili lime chip, but in a good way. The more I eat of these, the more I like them. What would you want to drink with them? Ideally, maybe an iced tea. Iced tea, margarita. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'd want the lime. Yeah. 
I feel like it might activate the citrus undertone in here too much. These are really good and really spicy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, one of the spicier chips I've yeah. had. And, like, I, I like that. Like, often I've often bought, like, you know, it's, it's our new, like, you know, uh, ghost pepper, uh, like. Uh, no, this, this is hot. And it's not spicy. These are, these are, it's just jalapeno, but it's spicy jalapeno. Oh, and it's really, really spicy. Good. Really good. Wow. Okay. How about you? What's your snack? You know what I would really be interested in doing, Matthew, is taking one of those chips and dipping it in the thing that I've been snacking. Oh, okay. Which is. Did you bring it with you? No, I didn't bring it with me. It's basically just like ranch dip. Mm -hmm. But my friend Natalie years ago uh, introduced me to the idea of grating some fresh cucumber into the dip. So, yeah, you take, uh, you know, your pint of sour cream, preferably daisy sour cream. Of course. One packet of Hidden Valley Ranch powder. You mix that up. And then you take maybe, I don't know, one third to half of an English cucumber, let's say, and grate it on the large holes of a box grater just mm -hmm. directly in there. Mix it all in. So the texture is a little funky in that it's you kind of got these lumps. little cucumber strands. But here is what it does. Not only does it slightly, for me, improve the texture of the dip, because the texture goes from being like really thick like sour cream to being a little bit more like a dip, like just a little, okay, I little would, looser. I am intrigued by this because um, I am not a dip, like a ranch dip person, as you know. Yeah, but I, I would try this. I mean, regular ranch dip without the cucumber, I think, is too thick. And it feels stodgy. I mean, I think, but like some many people who like ranch dip, that's what they like about it. Yeah, so. well, try this way. Okay. So, plus you get a little bit of flavor from the cucumber. It is delicious. Everyone I know loves it. It is the most beloved part of my camping cooking repertoire. Oh, that makes sense. I am known for this uh, extremely simple dip that I didn't even uh, create. create. Yeah. So, yeah, just this past weekend we were camping and we ate it with my favorite chip to eat with it, which is kettle chips, salt and pepper. OK. With yeah. a crinkle cut. Mm -hmm. And then you do some like cucumber spears, some carrot spears, radishes if you've got them. Um, and before you know it, you and your friends will have eaten a pint of sour cream. Mm -hmm. Some uh, Gerudo spear, Azora spear. I've been playing a lot of Breath of the Wild. <laughs> Um, okay. Yeah, so check out a Stodge Lodge and awaken from your cucumber slumber because it's time to dip. Uh, Matthew, you got it now, but wow, God, I'm like dripping with sweat. I sure do. We're almost we're almost done, listeners. You can you can bear with us a little longer. It's season two of the Lincoln Lawyer on Netflix. Can't get enough of it. We already we already finished it. But uh, if uh, if you enjoyed season one of The Lincoln Lawyer, I think you're going to enjoy this one too. Everyone on the show is great, but I especially want to call out uh, Manuel Garcia Rulfo as Mickey Holler and uh, Yaya Da Costa as Prosecutor Andrea Freeman. These two have the most incredible on-screen chemistry. There is no, there's no romantic plot line between them at all. Like I'm just shipping them hard because these are like two of the best-looking people on TV, and I just want to see them get together and, yeah. the, and the show is also good okay cool awesome all right thanks matthew yeah, if they made a rom-com starring these two it would be the greatest especially if it was rated nc-17 yeah okay well, we know what matthew's here for well our producer is abby circatella you can uh, subscribe to molly's newsletter i've got a feeling at uh, mollyweisenberg.substack.com mm -hmm. i personally recommend it i'm a subscriber mm. 
Hmm, thanks, Matthew. Uh, Matthew, you make music. I do make music. I might have a new song out by the time you, you hear this. Uh, my friend Meredith and I, who uh, have a little band called uh, The Twilight Diners, recorded a cover of the Big Star song 13, which you probably know even if you don't know it by name. And uh, I played a bunch of fingerstyle guitar on it, and uh, we have a lot of vocal harmonies. That would be on our Bandcamp, twilightdiners.bandcamp.com. I hope is the URL. Okay. And if not, I'll fix it next week. I've just been eating some more blackberries while you were talking. Good. You can rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts, and we appreciate it. And you can chat with other listeners and talk about what you'd put put up your time capsules. <laughs> wow! <laughs> I think you'd put Yaya Da Costa and Manuel Garcia Rulfo. Yeah, they're going mm-hmm. into my time capsule. Uh, everything spelled Belkstar.com <laughs> is, is where you can do that. Okay. Um, well, I think that was our closing joke. Well, I did, or I mean... It could be. I was, I was going to say until next time where, um, what was the thing? Semi-erect and resistant to anthracnose. Yeah, I'm also long and strong. Long, and, strong, and very sweaty. Yeah. <laughs> Molly Weisenberg. And I'm Matthew Amster Burton. Oh my God, I'm so hot, Matthew. Okay, how do I beat the heat? How do you beat the heat? Vornado fan. Ice tea. Oh, yeah, tornado. Cold, cool showers. I don't really like a cold shower, but, oh, a, but cool a cool shower. shower is pretty nice. Yeah. By nighttime, it's much cooler outside than in, so running the window fan is pretty satisfying. Yeah. And also, like, it's right at the level of, like, my, like, prone form. Oh, that's great. Or my supine form. You're uh, great. Well, my yeah. form is a supine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right.